And as we transition from summer to fall, we've got the return of uh, uh, school for kids. We've possibly got a greater migration of workers back into the office. And what does the fall have in store from us from a COVID standpoint, but also uh, everything else? What about the flu? The flu was, you know, almost uh, a non-event in 2020, came back a little bit more in 2021. What does 2022 have in store? Uh, The Ontario Medical Association hosted a a briefing yesterday talking about this. Dr. Rose Zacharias is the president of the OMA and joins us now. Appreciate the time today. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. What is the outlook for COVID for the fall that we can tell right now? So as Ontarians return to school and back to work uh, in some hybrid models and just even um, spending more time indoors and bigger public gatherings, we need to be prepared for any new COVID variants uh, and or waves. Um, We know that when fall comes, the healthcare system deals with the flu and people are spreading that virus about as well. And so we need to be prepared, fully vaccinated, following the public health guidelines and, uh, and getting back in touch with our family doctor, nurse practitioner, um, to make sure that uh, our vaccine series, especially for kids, their routine school immunizations, that those are all up to date. Yeah, we could almost have this, you know, confluence of the COVID, flu, maybe everything else kind of coming together and providing uh, a similar but somewhat new challenge for the healthcare system here. Absolutely. This is the first year uh, that we are dealing with those two hand in hand and and public um, guidelines are such that we are back in uh, public spaces a little bit more using public transit. And uh, and so we need to be fully vaccinated also to be mindful of symptoms to um, test yourself if you think um, this, uh, you know, cold <laughs> um, needs to be tested for, for COVID and then to uh, to to restrict uh, your your um, uh, going out into public for those five days as is recommended. And then to be washing our hands uh, at this point, there's not a mask mandate, but it's often uh, recommended, especially if you're in an enclosed space with older people, um, with little babies that aren't yet eligible to be vaccinated. That's a good time to still wear a mask. What sort of flu season could be in store here? So we look ahead, uh, well, we look behind, actually, at uh, countries such as Australia and South Africa to see how did they deal with the flu virus, because it kind of travels around the globe. And so we can kind of predict how bad is our flu season going to be based on what they experienced. And so there in the Southern Hemisphere, they had a short um, but a, a bad flu season uh, during their winters. And so um, we need to be ready and 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 once again the message is loud and clear it's getting the flu shot and making sure that our COVID vaccines are up to date in terms of you know immunizations in general uh we focus a lot on the COVID vaccine as we should but how are we doing with other immunizations so because we were dealing with the crisis of COVID a lot of routine um, immunizations for kids, even other surgeries and even cancer screening uh, procedures got backlogged. And so at this point, with regards to kids and their immunizations, some are behind in their measles, mumps, rubella, hepatitis, and even polio shots. We know that um, these are vaccine-preventable illnesses. All all kids need is their, their immunization to prevent. And yet we know when they get behind, 
there's a potential reemergence. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control is investigating a possible polio outbreak right now in New York City. And, and it's a shame because these are vaccine-preventable illnesses. So we need to be on top of this here in Ontario as well. For the, for the fall, for the winter, you know, one of the big stories that I feel hasn't gotten enough attention, even though it has been talked about, is just how uh, overtaxed our hospitals have been, ERs, uh, some have had to shut down. Doesn't bode well, considering that it was the summer and we're going into the fall and winter here with all these issues we've kind of talked about. Our emergency departments are seeing record volumes. I mean, I'm an emergency department doctor. I've been in the system for 20 years. And uh, the idea of emergency departments closing and being as short-staffed, showing up on a shift and being two, three nurses short uh, in, a, in a department that only has five or six nurses, some of these smaller community hospitals, uh, really unheard of. But this is the state we are now. Ontario's doctors have a five-point plan. It's um, key recommendations about alleviating the strain in the healthcare system to catch up on the backlog of cancer screenings and um, and surgeries. People are waiting for hip and knee surgeries and um, and also to invest in our mental health and addiction strategy. This is often um, what people come to the emergency department for, and we need more team-based community care to meet people with those needs where they are at and also an investment in a long-term care supports because people sometimes stay in hospital longer than, um, than, than they should, than is even good for them. And so bringing them out of hospital into the community with a team of healthcare providers around them is really a better way to be cared for. And lastly, everyone needs a family doctor. In Ontario, over a million people don't have one. And so that's also part of our strategy to, um, to help improve the, pay, uh, the, the care that people in Ontario need and deserve. The province will be uh, giving their update. Maybe they will be uh, borrowing from that plan, which I know has been around for at least a year, over a year maybe, um, in terms of how to address some of the issues facing the healthcare system. We are definitely looking for alignment with our what we call our prescription for Ontario. And uh, the government knows there's a problem too. We are committed to working with our government uh, at all levels, as well as all external stakeholders. Every member of the healthcare team, nurses, pharmacists, psychotherapists, and, uh, and every member of the healthcare team is so valuable. Burnout is at such a high rate, upwards of 70, 75% of healthcare team Providers are coming in completely exhausted and yet providing high-capacity, compassionate care. These are my colleagues in the hospital that are working really hard to care for people. But the system has fractures in it and cracks, and we need to address those strategically. And we can. I think if we put our minds to it and we work together, we really can affect some positive change. We will follow closely. I certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Absolutely. You're welcome. That's Dr. Rose Zacharias, president of the Ontario Medical Association.